There you go. Well, text messages. Here we go. American banking system. Let's face it, it was only a matter of time and only a matter of time before we get it here. Any transaction over, I think, $5,000 is already reported. I'm not sure. Mm. He's not sure either. Uh, and we can't buy anything for cash over $10,001. Um, yes. That'd be pretty That intense. has been around for a couple of years. You just like roll up to the the the, the car dealer with like $50,000 in cash. Yeah, well, this is used to happen. It wasn't that uncommon back then. Yeah, that's right. But, I mean, I haven't used cash in 20 years at least, maybe 25 like years. Like at all? A uh, little bit for Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, yeah. It's the only place That's I ever use it. Same thing. I like had cash in my wallet recently because just because of Facebook Marketplace. Like, yeah, it's, it's only it's only useful. <laughs> and and the 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 fact is that you know you buy and sell on Marketplace. A lot of it is electronic anyway. Yeah, bank transfers. Bank so. transfers. So. Yeah, fair enough. And it, it, it honestly, like when it comes to an electronic system of. Banking, it's like, yeah, I love this text. Text makes text makes a very clear point, which is, how long was it going to take until they said, oh, right. okay, we'll just watch you now? Yeah, and, and the fact <laughs> is, the fact is that you know, even thirty years ago, they didn't bring, need to bring in a cashless society because we were already so reliant on electronic funds that uh, it didn't matter. Yeah, you know, and if they bring in cashless society here in Australia right now. It's not going to make any difference. Dude, there are so many we are, companies we during COVID so, that yeah. were just like, no, oh, no cash. We don't want yeah. to get COVID. Yeah. yeah. We are already so easily controlled with our finances. You don't need to. Yeah. You can leave, you can leave the cash there. Actually, I bought- it's so little used. What difference is it going to make? I bought a two and a half grand computer in 2016 with $100 notes. Yes. And it was- the funniest situation I've ever seen. Because I, I got the money. Yeah, counting, counting, yeah. counting, counting. Because I, I had the money, and this is when I was like quite young, and I would, like didn't put the money in my bank, and I sold a car, and I had like leftover money, and I was like, oh, well, I really need a computer. I don't have one, so I'm going to go buy one. Yes. With the cash that I got from selling my car, because the person bought my car in cash. And they're just counting, and they've counted it through like three times, and they're like, okay, we definitely sure that this is the right amount of money. And then like, I took ages like i was standing there for 15 minutes while i counted the money but anyways <laughs> dude no, no, none of that anymore all right somebody sent a text message Braden sent a text message through simply says because they don't actively oppose executions so this is uh, in relationship to the taliban mm. and i think it's a very good point is that while they may not have an official on paper publicly recognized uh policy of executions right. they're not doing anything about it they're not opposed yeah. it's you know I think that's all we've got for text. Oh, Darren's text. We already covered that one. Mm. That's all we've got for text this morning. So um, you guys have been a little bit quiet, yeah. but that's okay. We will uh, hopefully come up with lots more things for you to talk about as we yep. progress through our Bible oh. study, which is going to be amazing. Let's just get controversial. All right. Why not? We just have to talk about controversial things, and then we've yes. just got people texting in and joking. You know what? We the have vaccination. To, we'll have people texting left, right, and dude, center. Dude, and, and you know what was so funny? Last time we did that, and we were like, oh, I bet your people will text in. You won't text in. Like, reverse psychology, <laughs> and then everyone texts us. So, so yeah, they just have to say, okay, well, well, don't text us your opinion then. Text us about the Bible study. Yeah, that's right. Or give us a call. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we'll put you on air. We will. You, you can have a chat and share your share, share your views on the Bible study. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, today's Bible study is just epic because we're getting into the Book of Revelation, mm-hmm. and so of course our theme this last 
13 weeks has been about rest. Yep. And we've been looking at a number of examples of rest and restlessness. Mm. And so today we're going to be looking at the Apostle John. Now, when John receives the book of Revelation, what are his circumstances? Is he at rest? No. No. Whereabouts is John? He is on the Isle of Patmos. Yes. He's exiled there. And I just want to encourage our listeners, if you ever get a chance to go to the island of, Isle of Patmos, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's wow. It's just stunning. Oh, so he's, he's just living in, in the ocean bush, I guess. Yeah, yeah kind of just... like that, kind of <laughs> like that. It was uh, amazing. But it was a Roman penal colony in those days, so I'm sure it was not amazing <laughs> when John was there. Mm. So it's a small island. He's been exiled there. Uh, he's not allowed to be going uh, anywhere else. And you can kind of, if you put yourself in John's shoes, it has been decades mm. since he saw Jesus. Yeah, wow. Since he stood on top of the mountain, Mount of Olives and listened to two angels say, this same Jesus will come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Mm. That's been decades. Like in a, like a number of decades. Oh, yeah. Like... Because it's he's old. He's like a frail old dude at this point. Very old. And he was amongst the youngest disciples. Like yes, you know when Jesus came, that like speculate oh like fifteen, sixteen. Mm-hmm. Now he's in his what eighties? They think eighties or nineties even. Mm. He's really old. And so, you know, those memories would be growing faint. Yeah. And that three and a half years, three and a half years is not a long time, but that three and a half years that he spent with Jesus, it's motivated him his entire life. Yeah, well. But it's been a long time since he heard, since he saw or heard Jesus. Mm. And in that time, every single one of the other disciples have all died. Yeah. Every single one of them. For the faith as well. They're all dead. Mm. He's the only one left alive. Mm-hmm. You know, at the particular point, I'd be feeling lonely. I would not be feeling at rest. I would be feeling very, very sad. I think it would be a great recipe for depression right there. Mm. You're on this lonely island. You're separated from everybody who believes the same as you do. And the one who promised he was coming back hasn't come back yet. Mm. Yeah, wow. Okay, so let's go to uh, Revelation chapter 1. And Start reading in verse 1. In verse 1 it says... This is the revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him uh, to show his servant uh, the events that must soon take place. He sent an angel to present this revelation to his servant, John, who faithfully reported everything he saw. This is his report of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Okay, let's stop there for a moment. So John's on this island and he receives this vision. It's the Sabbath day, by the way, when he receives this vision. Uh, which is which is important. I'm actually gonna. I think we might come back to these verses, these introductory verses, because I want to skip down a little bit. Uh, if you can picture yourself, you know, John is on this on this island called Patmos. It's the Sabbath day, probably by himself. Yeah, you know, who else is going to be there? He's a prisoner. Are there going to be any other Christians there? We don't know. He's probably by himself. Well, it doesn't mention anyone else. And when you are in exile and you, when you have been banished and you are on an island and you are on yourself, you kind of go to the seashore because it's an island and it's a small mm. island, it's a lot of coast, and sit there on the seashore and think about a lot of stuff. Look at the waves. 
you could you could be feeling pretty depressed. Mm. All your friends are dead. Everybody's died. Jesus hasn't come back. And then suddenly something happens. Mm. Verse 10. In verse 10, the Bible says, It was the Lord's day and I was worshipping in the Spirit. Suddenly I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet blast. Okay, you imagine John right now. He hears this voice and it's a glorified voice because it's like a trumpet blast. Yeah. But you know he would have instantly recognized yeah, that voice. Yeah, wow. Mm. You know when you hear it, when you, you know how you can have, you can, you can, you can, uh, um, smell a smell or hear a sound or something rather, and it just instantly transports you back, you know, a couple of yeah. decades to memories. Mm. He would have instantly known who was speaking, and you can imagine his head would have snapped around like, <laughs> wow, mm. he's here. Yeah, that's right. And and what he says, verse, uh, verse 11, write in a book everything you see and send it to the seven churches in Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Yes. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. And it says here, And I turned to see the voice that spoke with me, and being turned to see, I saw seven golden candlesticks, and in the middle of the seven candlesticks, one like the Son of Man. Yeah, wow. So his head snaps around. He hears this voice. His head snaps around, and instantly he's in vision, mm. and he is seeing Jesus in vision. Wow. You know, that's one way to go from feeling kind of melancholy to be just excited above what you can even begin to imagine. Mm. I think it's like a partially, like almost a, a, a fulfillment of, of the faith of John as well and the life that he's lived. Like, because Jesus says like, hey, you know, and, and it was the, the book that John wrote where he says, I go to prepare a place for you and I'll come back, you know, for you. And obviously John would have understood, hey, like Jesus is going to come back. And even if I die, like he's still coming back. But it, yeah, it was John that wrote those words, seeing Jesus you know, communicate to him one last time before we could say he passed away, like this one last time, and and came to communicate like the the capstone of the Bible that would inspire. You know, well, we sit here two thousand years later talking about this book because of how important it's been to us, like how much it shaped the world, it shaped the church, it's predicted a lot of what's happened. Um, and John, like the guy who was there with Jesus in the beginning, is is the guy to receive it right before the end of his life. If you can have a book in the Bible that is more important than any other, you know it's going to be this one. It's the only book where it says you receive a blessing from reading it. Okay, that's that's not the only thing that is unique about this book. Mm. So so let's 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 take a moment to consider here some of the uh, unique aspects of the book of Revelation because when Jesus turns up to give this this book of the Bible to John, it is a very, very different circumstances. And you can imagine that, you know, John is he's old, he's tired, he's worn out, um, feeling melancholy, and he has this experience right here. Anyway, let's go to, uh, let's, let's, let's work our way through it. In, in verse 1, the Bible says the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's the first line. What does yours say there for the first um, line? Yeah, this is a revelation from Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, mine says the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's different. It kind of is. It is. Pretty similar. Because one is Jesus revealing something. Mm. The other is Jesus revealing himself. Mm. 
And so this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. In other words, the book begins by the very first line of the book is, this book is going to reveal to you Jesus Christ. Yeah, well. Does that mean that you want to study the book of Revelation? Absolutely, yes. because anything that reveals Jesus, you want to study. And does any other book of the Bible begin by saying, this will reveal Jesus to you? No. They all will, but this is the only one that says it. Uh, yeah, and it's, I think it's intentionally explicit here because I think it knows, well, John knows, he, uh, it would be very easy to say that he wrote this. This was probably the last thing he wrote in the book of Revelation is the intro. And he's like, okay, guys, this is going to get pretty crazy, but yeah. it's about Jesus Christ. That's right, yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> uh-huh. And then it goes on and it says that he sent and signified it to his by his angel to his servant John. Mm. What does it mean? He signified it. He he like stamped it. You yeah. know, he approved it. He put his signature. On it. Yeah, put his signature on it. Yeah. So it's kind of like Jesus has come. He's revealed himself in a book, and then he's signed off on it. Yeah. Okay. What other book of the Bible proclaims to have the signature of Jesus? I I don't think any. None. There are sealed books in the Bible. Yes. Uh, but this is the only is one, one that proclaims itself as having the signature of Jesus. He yeah. personally signs it. Mm. You know, this one has his autograph on it. Yeah. You know, because so, so when you stop and think about it and you think about the importance of the book, it's like, okay, this one is the only one that proclaims itself as the re- that it will reveal Jesus Christ and the only one that he has personally signed. Mm. Now, you could argue that he's all of them will and all of them are signed, but, but you know, this is the only one that says so. Yeah, that's right. Okay, then it goes on in verse 2, who bear record of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. Mm. Okay, so this book is going to be Jesus' personal testimony. Wow. We had Christian's personal testimony earlier on the show, Mm. and that was an inspiration. Yeah. You know, you've got this guy who was addicted to ice, and now he is intelligently and clearly sharing his story of what Jesus has done to him. And I mean heavily addicted to ice. Yeah. Completely transformed and changed around. I love hearing a good testimony. Mm. You know, somebody comes to church and like, yeah, we're going to have testimony uh, for the sermon today. I'm like, yes. We had that on the on the weekend. We had it the weekend before. <laughs> it's so good. It's hey, the best. Like... But imagine imagine if Jesus turned up and was like, okay, what are you preaching on this week, Jesus? And like, ah, I think I'll share my testimony. Wow. You know you're just going to be there. You're just not going to miss it. <laughs> and that's what Revelation is. Jesus says, yeah, you want to hear my testimony? Here it is. It's going to be mm. amazing. There's no wonder the book of Revelation is so unique and so full of depth. Yeah. Is there any other book that proclaims itself uh, that Jesus introduces it by saying, "Hey, this is going to be my personal testimony"? That is so. That's so crazy. Like I'm just thinking about that now because it's like uh, Revelation, uh, more than any other book, really re- pulls back the curtain between earth and heaven. Yes, you know, really opens yes. up the spiritual conflict and uh-huh. and everything that's going on. And and I feel like it's the reason that is is because Jesus is saying like, hey, this you is know, my experience, this is my testimony. That's right. This is my environment. This is where I live. This is where I operate. Wow. Because that's what people are doing when they share their testimony. It's like, hey, you might not know me, but I want to share with you, you know, what I've been through, my my triumphs, you know, what I've what God has helped me to overcome. And Jesus is like, oh yeah, you want to know what I've overcome? And, and my mind goes to like Revelation chapter 12, where it starts at the very beginning of sin. And it's like, Talking about, you know, just this war in heaven, it's like we're seeing that really for the first time because it's like, oh, no, I'm telling you my testimony. Yes. My mind goes to Revelation 4 and 5 where you're introduced to the throne room of God. Yeah, wow. And Jesus saying, yeah, no, this is where, this is where I lived. <laughs> you know, this is, this, is, this is my home. 
and, mm. and and this is what I created. And then in first in, in chapter five, you've got it, it goes from the throne room of God to the Lamb that was slain. Mm. You know, and this is what I gave up, and this is what I did, and I came to this earth, and I died. Mm. I was the lion of the tribe of Judah, who was the Lamb that was slain. And you've got this massive contrast right there where Jesus is saying, this is my experience. Wow. This is what I've done for you guys. Fantastic stuff. Verse 3. Then in verse 3, you know, God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy uh, to the church, and he blesses all who listen to its message and obey what it says, for the time is near. Okay, stop there. Think about this. Is any other book in the Bible introduced with a... Specific blessing pronounced upon those who read it. No. No. So this is the only book, think about this, the only book that proclaims that it will reveal Jesus Christ, Mm. that states that Jesus has autographed it, that uh, states that uh, this is Jesus' personal testimony and that there is a special blessing on those who read it and understand it. Mm. Um. Then it continues on, and it gets even better than that. (laughs) Let's read verse 4 and 5. In verse 4, the Bible says, This letter is from John to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Grace and peace to you from the one... Wait, 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 wait. Verse 4. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yep, 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 yep. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Grace and peace to you from the one who is, who always was, and is still to come, from the sevenfold spirit before the throne, and from Jesus Christ, he is a faithful witness to these things, the first to rise from the dead, and the ruler of all the kings of the world. Okay, the key word in these two verses is the word and. Okay. Like yeah. and or end? And, A-N-D. Okay. And. Okay. And from right. Jesus Christ. All right, so what's this? Uh-huh. John to the seven churches. Grace and peace be unto you from. So now John is going to tell you who the book comes from. Mm-hmm. First of all, him which was, is, and is to come. Yes. Then it says, and. Mm-hmm. When it says, and, that's somebody else, right? Yeah. The seven spirits which are before his throne. Mm-hmm. And then it says, and, that's somebody else again, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Yes. So the word, and, shows that there are three people here. Wow. Let's begin at the end and work backwards. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. So it's from Jesus Christ. But then we work backwards and it says, and from the seven spirits. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Who are the seven spirits? Well, it says it like there are seven angels that are sent out to the churches. Yeah. Yeah. Like It, it, it says that. Let me show you something. <laughs> Go to Isaiah. And while we're turning to Isaiah, let me point something out. Uh, Isaiah, 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 where are you? You are back here. Isaiah chapter 11. Okay, the number seven in the Bible is the number of completeness, right? Yeah. So seven days is a complete week. You don't have a week until you've got seven days, mm-hmm. uh, for example. All right, so we're going to come back and we're going to read from Isaiah. And what we're going to read is when the Bible speaks about the seven spirits, it's actually one Holy Spirit, seven different aspects, the complete Holy Spirit. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Okay, let's go to Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 2, please, Lawson. Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 2, the Bible says, And the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, and the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge, and the Spirit 
uh, and fear of the Lord. Seven different aspects of the Holy Spirit listed right there. When the Bible speaks about the seven spirits which are before the throne, this is a symbol of the Holy Spirit in its completeness. If you look at the seven-branch candlestick in the holy place Mm. of the sanctuary, this was a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Wow. It was one candlestick with seven branches. Mm. You have one Holy Spirit, seven different aspects of the Holy Spirit that the Bible gives to us right here. And so when the Bible speaks about the seven spirits, the Bible is speaking about the Holy Spirit. So let's go back to our passage here. And the word and becomes very important. You have uh, the Bible says that the book of Revelation comes from, first of all, him which was, is, and is to come. Mm. And from the Holy Spirit. And from Jesus Christ. Mm. So let's work our way backwards. We know who Jesus Christ is. That's the Son of God. Mm -hmm. We know who the Holy Spirit is, the third member of the Godhead. Who is him which was, is, and is to come by a process of elimination? The Father. The Father. Okay, think about this now. The Bible says that this book is coming to us from the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. All three members of the Godhead have collaborated together to write this particular book. Now let me ask you this question. List for me as many places in the Bible that you can think of which mentions the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit collaborating. Genesis. Genesis, so creation, yes, that's one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to throw in John, the book, the book of John. Book of John. Through him all things are made, and it's kind of inferred. Like, yeah, I'm looking for specifics. Specifics. Oof. Yikes. Struggling, this, right? This is, this is testing. There's a reason why you're struggling. Is it because Genesis is the only one? Let me give them to you. No, Genesis. you got Genesis, uh-huh. um, where the Bible says that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, the Spirit of God moved on the on the face of the waters, and you have to then add in John chapter 1, um, all things were made yeah. by him. And they said, so, let us make man in our right. image. Yes. So, yeah. so, so you've got all three there. Mm-hmm. So Genesis, Genesis chapter 1. The next one you're going to find is the baptism of Jesus. Okay. The Father speaks from heaven. The Holy Spirit descends as a dove. Jesus comes up out of the water. Yeah, okay. All right. The next one that you're going to have is the resurrection of Jesus, Uh where the Bible says that the Father raised him from the dead. The Bible says that he was raised by the Spirit, Mm. and Jesus says, I'll raise myself from the dead. Mm. Um, So you've got the – then the the next one is going to be the Great Commission, the foundation of the Christian church. Oh, wow, yes. You know – Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Spirit. Mm -hmm. So there you go. There's your four. Now let me ask you this question. The creation of the world, the baptism of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, and the Great Commission, the founding of the Christian church, are these these minor events? These are like the most significant events in Scripture. These are these. And that's why all of them turn up, like the the whole Godhood turns up in them. That's right. These are the single greatest events anywhere in and events of significance you'll find anywhere in Scripture. That's right. Mm. And then you have the fifth. Mm. When the book of Revelation is written, the Bible says the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit all get together and they're going to collaborate on the book of Revelation Mm. and they are going to sign off on it together. Wow. Okay. Do you get the impression when you read these first few verses, when the Bible says that this is going to reveal Jesus, when the Bible says that he's signed it, he's got his signature, he's got his autograph on it, when the Bible says it's his personal testimony, when the Bible proclaims a blessing on everybody who reads it, and when the Bible says the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have collaborated to write the book of Revelation, does that give you an impression that this book is an important book? I mean, 
Kind of. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess so. Yeah, obvious. Like, no. Obvious. What? This is this is like God just sort of hammering it and hammering it and hammering it and hammering it. And John is like, you need to get this point. This is not like anything else that has ever been written in the Bible. Wow. This is going to be a unique book. This is going to be just blessings above blessings above blessings. You need to get into this and you need to study it. Wow. Now, the book of Revelation unlike anywhere else in the Bible, has so many layers. Mm. You know, we often talk about the Bible as having, you know, lots of layers like an onion. It's you deep. need to go deeper yeah. and deeper and deeper and you're always going to find new things. Mm. But have you ever even felt like you got close to the yeah. bottom of Revelation? That's right. You know, you, you can read a proverb, right? Yes. And it can be a metaphor. Yes. And, and you, then you understand the, web, the metaphor. It's like, oh, this is about financial frugalness and giving everything to God. Cool. Done. And then you move on. That's right. <laughs> you read a chapter from the book of Revelation, you read a verse, you read half a verse, and there are so many layers of meanings. Yeah, it's and so dense. It's so dense with information, and all of the information is is interconnected and it supports itself. And critical as well. Like yes. you know, we're not we're not we're talking about things that are so even just transcend like like it's it, it, it firstly like yeah, it has personal application it has theological you know implications um it has prophetic you know prophetic visions and like you know uh, prophetic um information yes. like what you're seeing here is just on in every single way that the bible could speak to you it is speaking to you that's right it's like i want to inform you on how you should live on what's coming up in the future on what you should know and believe about god like it's it's insane. Like it's real. Like it's, and and I feel, I feel like that's why people find it a challenge. You know, it, it is a lot of people come to the Book of Revelation. They're like, oh, does it really reveal Jesus? Well, it tells you at the start that it does. But I feel like a lot of people just look at this in face value and they're like, oh man, what is going on here? You know, uh-huh. Uh-huh. It, like particularly metal bands who read like Revelation chapter twelve or Revelation thirteen. Like, yeah, bro, the mark of the beast. Like that's it, it, they just have no idea what's going on. You <laughs> that's know. The <laughs> If only they knew. Yeah. If only they knew. Mm. Okay, then the Bible goes on. It gives a couple of amazing uh, promises right here. And, well, let's just read verse 6 and 7 very quickly. In verse 6, the Bible says, He has made us a kingdom of priests for God his Father. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Look, he comes with the clouds of heaven and everyone will see him, even though he, even those who pierced him and all the nations of the world will mourn him. Yes, amen. Okay, so very quickly, the Bible says in verse 5, you've got three things it says about Jesus Christ, followed by three things that it says about us, three promises mm. for us. And then it comes to this verse right here, the first piece of content. Mm. Up until this point, it has all been about the introduction. This is the first piece of content, and it's all about the return of Jesus Christ. Wow. Behold, he comes with clouds. Here's what the book is going to be all about, the return of Jesus Christ. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. But now it is time for... Question of the Day. Now, we've had a question come through, and it's this, from Sky. She says, can you please expound and expand on the fourth beast? Um, it will 
we're going to get into where that's from. But the fourth beast, the one that is a mixture of animals, I'm still wondering if the reason it is a mixture is because it is meant to be a mystery for us. Now, Sky, interestingly, the reason it's a mixture is not because it's meant to be a, a, a mystery, but in fact, the exact opposite. So we're going to have a look at this fourth beast here. We're going to see how it's a little bit of a mixture in uh, the book of Daniel where we first find it. And then it is much more of a mixture when we find it again in the book of Revelation. And it's all about the reason it's a mixture is so that we can identify it. So let's have a look at some characteristics of this fourth beast. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 7 and verse 6, it says, After this I looked and there was another like a leopard which had on its back four wings. Oh, sorry, verse 7. It says, After this I saw in the night visions, behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth. It was devouring, breaking in pieces and trampling residue with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it. And it had 10 horns. So we get introduced to this fourth beast here in the book of Daniel, and it gives us some identifying characteristics about it. Can't name exactly what the beast is. You know, uh, Daniel, as he's seeing this in vision, can't write down, oh, you know, this is what the fourth beast looks like. It's a, it's an animal that he's never seen before. But he gives us some characteristics. He, he says it's it's got iron teeth, and it's, you know, it's, it's trampling. It's got iron and brass nails, and it has ten horns. Now, De- uh, Daniel would later identify this beast. It says, those four great beasts which you saw, which were four, are four kings which arise out of the earth. King and kingdoms is a synonymous word in Bible prophecy. We know that this would be a kingdom, a nation that would rule over the earth. And as previously identified by Daniel in Daniel chapter 2, and later identified as well in Daniel chapter 8, we know that that would be the kingdom of Rome. He sets out this pattern right throughout the book of Daniel that essentially listing these four great world empires that come one after the other, and it goes Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and then Rome. The fourth one is always Rome, and we see here those very direct connections between Daniel chapter 2 and Daniel chapter 7 here, where in Daniel chapter 2, that Rome-identified kingdom, it's made of iron, it breaks in pieces, it has ten toes, kind of, well, it turns into this kingdom of, of ten toes, kind of signaling this idea that, um, yeah, this division into ten nations, it would, yeah, it would be Rome, um, and it would be that kingdom that which we saw in real life, ruling with an iron fist, using iron weaponry during the Iron Age of history, and doing this great work uh, as a kingdom of conquering, as it's identified here. Now, if we skip forward to Revelation chapter 13, we have a similar passage that uses very... Very uh, easy to identify language here. A very familiar language in verse 2. It says, Now there was a beast which I saw was like a leopard, had the feet like a bear, mouth like a lion, and the dragon gave her its, its power, its throne, and great authority. Now, if you've read through Daniel chapter 7, you would see that as the beasts go, you know, a lion, a leopard, a bear, and this great dragon, it's using specific language to hearken back to that imagery. And it says that, oh, but this composite beast of all these different beasts will exist. But here in Revelation chapter 12, the difference is, and the reason it identifies it differently, it doesn't just say that it's this great iron beast nation, which we would know to be Rome, is because it's picking out the specific religious aspects 
of this nation, how it um, it rules for 42 months, again, a period of time that was also identified in um, Daniel chapter 7, how it made everyone worship it through force and through power, how it received a mortal wound and it was healed. It spoke blasphemies against God. It lifted itself up as God. It shows us that in, in the way that these kingdoms ruled politically throughout time, the same religion was there the whole time through. Uh, this religion that it was in blasphemy against God, lifting itself up against God. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.